welcome to Unearthing You, a place where women come together to have honest, raw, and deep conversations about the things that happen as you're going through growth, up-level, and expansion. I am your host, Chelsea Sillabon, bringing you a beautiful rendition of my love. Enjoy! I am so excited to be here and releasing this podcast and so excited that you've decided to tune in for the first episodes of the Unearthing You podcast. And before we dive into this amazing episode with a beautiful friend and mentor of mine, Ashley Rose, um, I have two announcements for you and I'm really excited to share them with you. So just bear with me. I will make them quick. Um... You have the chance to win some pretty juicy prizes. I am giving away a complimentary 45-minute one-on-one coaching session with me just by leaving a ratings and review. So if you find today's episodes valuable, please go and leave a review. You will be helping this brand new podcast reach so many beautiful souls so that they can just soak up all of its goodness. Um, And... Yeah, I would just be so honored and so grateful if you leave a review of all the things that you are enjoying or all of the things that um, maybe some things you would like to see, all of that good stuff. And then the last day to enter the giveaway is going to be December 6th, and then I will be announcing the winners and maybe that next episode after December 6th. So just make sure if you want to enter to win in the giveaway that you leave a ratings and review by December 6th. Um, And then my second announcement, I am also opening for enrollment my first ever group program. It's called Devoted Beauty. It's a group program and a retreat. So it has that online virtual thing where we connect for 10 weeks and then we meet in person at this beautiful retreat where we just get to dive deep into sisterhood and healing and being really just present with ourselves and present with nature. Um, the program is designed to guide women, so you, into your own healing journey by rediscovering the answers and comforts that exist within. Um, in the program, we'll be focusing on connecting to your body, setting yourself and others free, tuning into your pleasures, and the frequency of love. <sighs> this program has been a lifetime in the making, and I'm so excited to be offering it to you because... Mm, It just is something that has just grown and blossomed in such a beautiful way. I got the download for it in September and then it's just, it's just grown so beautifully. And so I'm so excited to offer it to you. Um, I'm also going to be having two amazing guest coaches on there, giving a live training on their areas of expertise in that space. Um, And I will be announcing those soon. So make sure you're on the lookout on my Instagram. So go follow me if you're interested. Um, So enrollment officially opens on November 29th, which is Black Friday. And there is also a special offer for early bird enrollment. So if you are interested and want to um, learn more about this early bird enrollment special, please send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook to learn more about that or to just connect with a no commitment call. Um, Yeah, so I'm so excited. I will be hearing from you very soon. I can feel it. 
And without further ado, let's dive into our episode with Ashley Rose. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about Ashley. She is an intuitive shadow integration and trauma coach who specializes in helping survivors step step out of victimhood and into a place of empowerment to create the lives that they dream of. She is just such an amazing woman who has so much wisdom, and I'm so honored that she graced us with her presence to share it with us. Um, in this episode, we do talk about sensitive. Sorry. In this episode, we do talk about sensitive topics like suicide, trauma, anxiety, and depression. And I just want to say that our advice is not meant to be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. And if you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, depression, or anxiety, please reach out for support. Um, I've included included the suicide hotline phone number in the show notes so please give that number a call if you are struggling with that so with all that being said let's jump into this episode with ashley and so excited thank you something that i'd like to ask all of my guests is what are you currently unearthing in your life my instant pull to become unpresent. So right now I'm really unearthing who I am in the present moment. Mm. It's been very, very, very interesting and insightful and frustrating at times, but it's really fun. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I can definitely see, like, all of you coming together and just, like, you're not compartmentalizing yourself. Like, you're just allowing yourself to be. And I feel like that's what living in the present moment is. And um, for those of you that don't know, Ashley and I actually met during a group program, and then we had the opportunity to meet in real life, um, like, a month ago or a couple months ago. And um, it's it's been a beautiful journey to watch her from where we started to where we are and just how she has just emerged as a powerful leader and a powerful voice. And, um, I love, I love connecting with her because she is so connected to my guides and she just does these beautiful, beautiful readings. Um, Thank you, Jill. Thank you. (laughs) It's been fun. It's been so fun together. It has been. Our journey and just how much we've evolved and like, it's been crazy, right? Like, and I don't think I could have gotten through it without such powerful sisterhood, like, and the bond that we've created. It's just been so beautiful. It has been. And I'm so like, I don't even know what my life would look like right now if I hadn't joined that program. <laughs> I know. More so than that, like if we hadn't created that bond of sisterhood mm-hmm. because it's just so, uh, it's so beautiful. Like it's hard to put into words the way that it feels and the way that. Um, Agreed. Because there's just feeling it and being with it. It's just, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about the work that you do with your clients. Yeah, so I'm an intuitive shadow integration coach. Um, I work with people who have had trauma. Um, My 
mission is to help those help survivors step out of victim mindset and into an empowered place to create the life that they deserve. And that's, that's my goal. And that's, it's been so rewarding and so such, such a, uh, inspiring and, and lesson for me to walk the path, you know, and as I evolve and as I go deeper and deeper into different ways to do this for people, I myself grow and, and change and evolve and heal so many parts of myself. So it's really, really cool. I'm also an intuitive card reader. So I read tarot and guidance cards and I'm clairvoyant. So I get messages from people's guides and yeah, I'm just so lucky. lucky. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to connect with one of your clients and she just brings such like radiance and light. And I'm sure she was very much like that before um, working with you, but I can only imagine how you have helped transform her life and like bring out those parts of her that um, just allow her to shine and to be in that place of just like pure acceptance of who she is. And yeah. And she's also another coach. So like she's doing these big things out there too. So it's been, that was a very, very, um, phenomenal experience. Like that connection also is something that I learned a lot from myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us like what you would consider trauma? Cause I feel like, you know, everybody has their own definitions of trauma. Like I have my own. Um, so what would you consider to be trauma? Trauma is any, for me, trauma is anything that affects the nervous system and that the body holds onto in a negative or low vibrational energy. So I have something that I truly believe and that I've always said is that trauma can't, cannot be measured. Everyone's worst experience is everyone's worst experience. Mm. And when we measure that, we rob ourselves the opportunity to heal and transmute something of our experience and in our lives. So yeah, for me, I would say trauma is anything that the mind and body and nervous system take a hit to and and holds onto that has a response in a negative or low vibrational um, consequence. Mm, I love that. I, I've always considered trauma, I guess it's a, the same type of thing, but I've always considered trauma to be um, just like anything that's happened to us, I guess that, that ho- allows us to hold that like low vibrational state that like so, a lot of times we're not even aware of that exists within us. And I think it's, it's so important that you brought up this piece of like people comparing it because I can't even tell you how many times, like even myself, I've, I've looked at somebody and I've been like, oh, that's nothing. Like I went through this and like trying to like downplay what they went through. Um, and obviously like at the moment I didn't know any better for the lack of better way of saying it, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's super important that we understand that everybody has their own battles, that everybody has their own like shadows that they have to walk through and it's not to be judged. It's simply just to be held with love and compassion. Mm -hmm. And if we're not able to do that, then, you know, we, we need to allow ourselves to tell the person that we can't hold the space for them. Absolutely. Yeah. That was beautifully said. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I know, um, reading your posts on like trauma, not existing in the present moment, 
Can you kind of go into a little bit more detail on that? Because I, you know, not all my listeners have followed you and read that post. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's very interesting. So trauma is something that lives within our, within ourselves, right? It's not an, it's not actually something that happens to us. So like we don't express ourselves when, when we, have an event that happens that is traumatizing. What's happening is traumatizing. It's not trauma itself. Mm. But our reaction and the way that we hold on to it is what we describe to be trauma. So when we're in any given moment, we are not in a traumatic moment. It's trauma is the after effect description of what we've endured and what the result of something is. So I'll go, I'll go explain that a little bit deeper. When you have somebody who has experienced a traumatic event in the past and is working through trauma per se, you have someone working with the after effects of the trauma. So depression, anxiety, um, the PTSD can manifest itself in anger and um, resentments, abuse, and such. When you bring yourself back to the present moment, what you're experiencing is sadness, anger, the actual result of trauma, not trauma itself. Mm. So when you take that away, you allow someone to really acknowledge and be with what's happening within their body right now in the present moment, and you give them the opportunity to untie the correlation with what happened and what is. Mm. Then you make, it, you make it tangible for someone to just to be able to decide and choose to be present and allow the emotion, which is energy emotion, to, to just run through their body and have them experience it and love it and acknowledge it and choose to be in that moment, which usually they are safe in. Mm. Yeah. I, I love this distinction of like the traumatic event is something that has happened. Right. And this trauma is, is the result of it. Like what we would consider trauma, like the emotions that we experience is the result of the traumatic event. It's not the actual event itself. Right. And, um, you know, a big part of my work is like helping women create safety and expressing themselves because so often I find, um, even for myself, even now, like after being in this space of, for like the past year and a half, I still find myself not feeling safe to express myself when I'm alone. Um, mm -hmm. not feeling safe to go scream into a pillow, not feeling safe to even just like dance. I'm like, Oh my God, somebody's going to judge me, but there's nobody around, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, I love, I love that distinction and the fact that you help people. Do you work with women and men? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you help, um, women and men like understand that that is different than what the event was yeah the result of yeah yeah it can help somebody in a matter of seconds remember that they're in their body and that they're safe and that they're not actually in the scenario that created the emotion that they're feeling or the trigger you know isn't doesn't always have to pull you back to the past to work through it but 
when you get present, you realize that you're actually safe. And if you choose to be okay, you're okay. And you can bring your, yourself back to um, peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced somebody like, um, cause you're saying choose to be okay. And I 100% agree with that, but have you ever experienced somebody going from like being in the space of reliving that event, like reliving the emotions from that event. Right. And they're saying I'm choosing to be safe, but they're still not fully expressing themselves. And then if you have, like, how do you help them work through that in a way that's like healthy so that they're not just continuing to hold on to that trauma and like allowing it to compound over time? Yeah. So that's a really great question. Um, if they're in an anxiety attack at the moment that we're speaking and or getting into a space where they're kind of drowning in what happened, I will always ask them to come back to the present moment. I'll ask them where they are, who are they talking to, to name a couple of things around the room and choose to be safe, to pull them out of that dark space space Mm. where they no longer have control and or their subconscious is is what's playing out in the moment um because when you're conscious you know you're okay you're active and in the moment you know that you can get out of any situation but you're at peace right um if somebody wants to work through a past experience those moments are usually not the best time to do that because their subconscious is running I will set up a time for them to do some work to revisit, go back and revisit that moment from the space of consciousness. So it's very different when you can lead someone through that as who they are now so that they don't, they don't take on the identity and the role of who they were when they were in that situation. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Cause I'm, I'm thinking back to like, to my childhood and I grew up with a dad that was very angry. He never hit us or anything like that, but he was very angry and he outwardly expressed his anger. And so my first reaction when I'm, um, especially when I'm talking to my husband or like, especially family members, my first reaction is to go instantly into that, like that little girl within me that just like wants to express all of her rage. Uh And so I love this idea of like consciously bringing yourself back to the moment. And that's definitely something that I feel the whole world can work on. But, um, <laughs> uh, allowing ourselves to like stop, take a deep breath, like drop into our body and just realize that we are not that emotion. We are not that experience. We are not that thing. And we are simply just us in that moment and nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's powerful in itself to just realize that you can do that, that you can shift yourself in a moment. And it doesn't take more sometimes than just a deep breath of, and dropping into your heart and saying like, I'm here, I am safe. It is me. Yes. 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 That's one of my best uh, practices is as soon as that anxiety kicks in for a lot of people, it's when they first wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was after a nap. If I took a nap during the, the middle of the day, I usually woke up in a panic for whatever reason. Um, And so one of my practices was I would put my hand over my heart, take a couple of deep breaths and just recite my mantra of I am safe. I am safe. Mm. I am safe. And 
that would make me be, it would bring me back to where I was. And yeah, that's very powerful. Yeah. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you also practice that. Yeah. I, I'm so, that's so interesting because I don't think most of my anxiety happens, I would say like in the middle of the day, especially when I was teaching. Um, and like after my grandma passed away, it was, it would like flare up in the afternoon after I had been like doing things and I hadn't fully been connected to myself. And I would like come home and I would just realize that like my, my chest was filled and tight and stuff. So I'm, I'm curious um, if you know why it happens for a lot of people after sleep or if there's a reason behind that. Yeah, no, from what I, from what I've studied and from my own experiences and what I've recorded just following different instances, Mm -hmm. um, we're in a different state of like the subconscious and conscious levels when we're asleep, right? And there's like dream time sleep and then there's like dreamless state of sleep. And I feel like when we come out of that space and back into reality, um, it's easy for us to feel like we didn't complete something, something's missing, or we're still pulling in energy that we were in while we were unconscious. Mm. Um, For somebody like in your situation who's like awake and throughout the day and in the middle of the day, you just come into the anxious part of your being, I would say that you were probably unconscious for some time before realizing, before becoming conscious and realizing where you were and coming back to present moment. And you may have even forgotten what you did or what you didn't do. And so there's a space of panic. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That totally, totally resonates and makes sense. And I think for, you know, for, for me and for the listeners, like it would be really valuable to kind of I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I think my, my explanation could probably be corrected by somebody scientifically because that's, you know, was just an experienced mm. answer to that question. Yeah, no. And I, I like that because I totally was unconscious in those moments of oh, throughout the day, especially as a teacher, especially as a student in college, like you're not fully aware of what's going on. And, just simply allowing yourself to be in the present moment, simply just like sitting with yourself for like even just 30 seconds a day can, can make the biggest, have the biggest effect in your life. Like the small oh, yeah. have the biggest effects. And um, yeah. Uh, even just getting like a minute, not, not even a minute, a few seconds of actual presentness, like actual present being is huge. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I know this is a little bit like off topic, but I look back at myself from, you know, a couple of years ago and I look at myself now and I can just see the physical transformation. I know I can feel the emotional transformation, but to see the physical transformation in my eyes and even in my skin, like skin has always been like a, a pain point for me, but I look at my skin and I'm like, wow, like, this looks so much better than it did like even just six months ago because doing this work, allowing yourself to transform your trauma or transform your anxiety or depression has, has real physical, tangible effects on your body. And I think that's important for people to know is that you're not just transforming your emotional state, you're transforming everything in your life. Everything. 
Yeah. Yeah. Your view on everything, your view on your life and your external is, is shifted because the internal part is shifted. Mm -hmm. And that's why they say that the day that we become more conscious and we take care of our inner world, our actual world will benefit. We will stop polluting the earth and destroying the earth the way that we are when we clean up the inner mm. being. Yes. And I, I, I see that as like the trickle effect, you know, like yeah. I talked about this in my little mindfulness workshop and how you simply just allowing yourself to take two seconds to breathe in between patients or, you know, in between class periods or however it needs to look that two seconds is allowing and giving somebody else permission to do the same thing, to take a rest because our world is so hustle, 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 go, go, go. And when we allow ourselves to slow down, we give other people permission to do the same thing. And that's powerful because you living in your truth and you living in the present moment, just, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like it gives, yeah, no, it affects the collective. <laughs> yeah. We're dealing with collective and then other people can jump on and, like you said, we give them permission. Mm -hmm. Every time we're true to ourselves, we give permission to others to be true to themselves. Yeah. And it will always come back to light and love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially after you've taken some time to like integrate the shadow because that those shadows always pop up and at the like weirdest moments like I was sitting I was like laying in bed last night and I was like all this self-doubt was coming to me right and then I was like wait I know some things that I can do and so you know it's just yeah yeah and I, I will also want to touch on like it's really important that we don't judge people also and where they are because um if you're especially if you're conscious if you are aware of a lot of things that are happening within your life within your space within the people around you it's important that we don't judge them because they're in their own part of their journey and we can't force them to be anywhere else and exactly where they are is exactly where they need to be um because i especially at the beginning of my transformation i i found myself judging people you know like why are you doing this to yourself like you're choosing this reality and sometimes people need to choose continue to choose that like low vibrating emotion so that they can finally realize like I do have a choice because a lot of us a lot of times people feel like they don't have a choice in their lives and mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I'm yeah. Thinking. <laughs> and that's, yeah no that's the victim mindset yeah that's the, and, and it's fine and I think that's beautiful first of all like acknowledging you for being so transparent and like being somebody that's like, yeah, I judge, I judge people because that we all do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And it ties into like returning back to yourself, mm. right. Leading by example, allowing them to be at this level that they're at and continue to do it for yourself and giving them permission as a byproduct of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And remembering that we were once there. Yeah. I was once that person. I was once a victim of my circumstances. I was once someone who wasn't fully awake and wasn't conscious about my actions and my inner being and my world. And I was that person that just hated everything, was angry or, or let's say I was really happy, but I wasn't aware that my actions affect other people and other beings, other sentience. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful and powerful. And um, I feel like, 
you know, if we're, if we're going back to this like idea of anxiety and depression, like these are things that are very real and present for people. It's, it's very much like a part of who they are in that moment. And in some ways, like it's, it's not to be something taken lightly just because you have had the opportunity to transform it or maybe you don't understand it and you've never experienced it. Like it's very real and it's important that we, that we allow people to be in those states and like you said, allow, like give them permission as a byproduct of just us living in our truth. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious on, on your experience with anxiety and depression, if you don't mind sharing and like how, how you have like kind of your, I guess your journey and in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of the best way to go about this. I still have occurrences of anxiety and depression. I am don't not have my own experiences with it to this day. Um, but typically when I do now, it's a signal for me to realize that I'm not present. Mm. So it'll, it'll now just trigger that signal in me to get conscious and become aware. And it takes a little while sometimes for that. Um, and the residual feelings of when I'm depressed or whatnot, I, I now have activities that I put into place that I will push myself to, to do. So I run, um, I get physical exercise. I'll make sure that I'm sleeping, you know, I'll drink more water, but yeah, absolutely. There was a time where, I mean, I was suicidal and, you know, suicidal thoughts are still something that will come up in my space. Um, I've, you know, due to having been through such traumatic events myself, um, dealing with sexual abuse, you know, um, rape, molestation, physical abuse, being manipulated, living, being homeless for a number of years. Anxiety and depression were like some of my closest visitors, you know, throughout my life. And they, 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 they pay me a visit every now and again. And I've just been able to tie in my practice of being present to help me get through those spaces and raise my, my frequency and raise my vibration. So I also now have seen how some of the tools that I put together that I offer a lot of my clients on relabeling and perspective shifts and breath exercises. So Kundalini breath exercises are something that can easily pull me back to present moment and get me back into my body when I'm floating in the land of depression and or being afraid and anxious in a moment. So yeah, there's a number of different tools that I use. One of the, one of the greatest things I think is to remember with anxiety is that it's an energy, right? Emotion is energy in motion. Anxiety is something that we label an intense energetic fuel in our bodies. And one of the, one of the analogies that I like to use is that when you're in line to get on a roller coaster, you're really excited and you're like, you have all that same energy running through your body, only your mind 
labels that as excitement and our fear that pushes you, Mm. right? Um, When we feel that sitting in our living room, though, our mind has nothing else to find reason for it other than to go in and pull a file from the past to connect as to why we're feeling that emotion. And so it's labeled anxiety. Typically, it's triggered by thinking of something from the future, Mm. something that hasn't even happened yet, right? We're worried about a test or we're worried about what our our, partner is going to say about something we want to talk to them about, where our relationship's going. If our kids are going to be safe at school the next day, we have a lot of reasons to like look into the future and sit there and want to prepare for it and all of this stuff. But it it pulls in a lot of anxiety. And so a lot of the times I'll just pull myself back. Where am I right now? What am I dealing with right now? And anything that I need to deal with right now, what is the action I can take? A lot of people are afraid that if they don't allow themselves to think of the future, then they won't prepare for something. But really, our fight or flight mechanisms are there to stay and they will never let you down. If ever in any moment you need to act in that moment, you will because you're conscious in that moment. It's the quickest way to get conscious. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things for anxiety is uh, what, to be careful what we're labeling. If we're excited mm-hmm. about our wedding we might think we're anxious about our wedding. Mm. Yeah. So relabels are really good. Um, a good way to practice that. And then perspective shifts, especially when we're pulling in from the past, when we're depressed about something, if we're feeling an emotion that's triggered by an event in the now. If we go back to look at the last time we felt that way and what was happening, then you're, we're mirroring an energy based off of a past experience Mm, yeah and I think this ties so beautifully into like trauma doesn't exist in the present moment like depression I mean there are so many different types of trauma right but this idea of like depression or you know it's the past and anxiety is the future and when we return to the present we are allowing ourselves to cultivate more like more joy. Like I've, I found that to be so true in my life. And there's, there's so many things that like came up while you were talking. And one of them was like this idea of like distress and new stress is like, um, or this idea of like how we label things, how we look at things, because as you were talking about this idea of like being in line for a roller coaster and then sitting on a couch, I was picturing how I'm feeling and I'm like, they're exactly the same. I experience the same like tightness in my chest, the same whatever. And when I'm standing in line for the roller coaster, I allow myself to like get excited and I move and I like express my, use my voice to express it. Right. And yeah. then on the couch, I'm just very much stagnant. I'm not moving. I'm not doing the things. And so, um, I think something that's really important to touch on here is that when you are dealing with something like anxiety or depression, sometimes you just have to like, in a, lot, in a better way to say, with no better way to say it, just like force yourself to move, force yeah. yourself to get off the couch, force yourself to get out of bed. And once you do that, every, that, that energy is going to transform because you're allowing it to move through your body instead of simply just sitting in one spot, building up and creating this like tightness everywhere. Yes. Yes. So what's, I'm curious, what's your favorite way to move that energy? Mm. Ooh. 
good question. Um, the first one I would say is dance. I, I, <laughs> <That's mine too. laughs> I would say definitely, definitely dance. Um, just because, you know, you like, you just put on your favorite music, you turn it on as loud as you can, and you just like, you just go. Yeah. Um, lately, because I experienced so much anxiety in my chest, um, lately I've been playing with this idea of like breast massage and like massaging my breasts and allowing that to like move the energy because, you know, your breasts are right around your heart chakra, right around that place where the anxiety is stored. And as you massage your breasts, one, you're releasing the emotions that are stored there, but you're also like allowing those motions to like come up. And then at the end of the breast massage, I like, um, you can't see me obviously on the, like on the podcast, but like I take my hands and I push that energy up through my, um, my heart and up through my throat. And I like put my head back and I make these weird noises, whatever noises need to come out. And that wow. has been, um, very transformative in the relationship with my body, but also my relationship with the way that I move my energy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've never tried that. I'll have to try that. That sounds so powerful. Yeah. Um, I've, it was something that my coach taught me and I've just kind of, I mean, the breast massage I do, like she taught me, but the way that I like move the energy from my chest, it's something that I've taken and I've adapted for myself. And so obviously you're going to find your own way to do it, but it's super powerful because when you have something stuck in your heart space, you most likely have something stuck in your throat too that needs to be moved. Or if you have something stuck in your throat, something in your heart needs to be moved. So it's, it's that relationship right there between those two chakras and allowing them, allowing that energy to like, I want to say transmute, but I don't know if that's the right word, but allowing that energy to really flow. Yeah. yeah to flow. flow out. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things it's good that I'm glad that you said that because one of the things that I found myself doing in the when I in the past, when I, when I was first on this journey was I was holding energy. Mm. Like I wanted to learn how to hold anxiety and not be afraid of it, especially with the idea of shadow work. When I first started, you know, exploring it myself, I felt like I had to be really brave and I had to sit with the energy and learn how to hold the energy. And really, as I evolved, I saw that it's really just moving the energy and allowing the, the energy to move through you and allowing it to flow rather than having to hold all of it. And so mm. you doing, pushing that energy up and out through your throat chakra and then expressing it to like have it come out of you is powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody feels anxiety in different places. And I think that could be just like a whole like conversation, a whole episode on just <laughs> like where people feel anxiety and like how to move yeah. it. Um, but something that I've been playing with for the past couple of days, because I've had so much bloating, um, is like stomach massage. And so that's like another way that you can, um, like move the energy if you feel your anxiety in your stomach instead of pushing it up you push it down towards like your your um is it your sacral your sacrum yeah. right yeah mm -hmm. so that you're like moving it out of your body instead of pushing it further into your body into that space wow yeah, yeah. very cool yeah i'm very much about the sensual touch and like yeah, really connecting so with your body is <laughs> so good it. thanks um, I also, when you were talking, as you were describing kind of your journey, I, I feel like it's, it's really important to talk about, you know, 
to talk about suicide if you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I have also experienced like have have I've also had experiences with suicide and you know a lot of it was it it was very present uh, it was present in middle school but it was more like it was it's kind of weird to say but it was like the end thing to do like in middle school like to cut and to like be suicidal which is like super strange to me because I look at that and I'm like, that's so distorted and so sad for like these little, these teenagers or these preteens that are like, if they still feel that way. Um, but it was very present for me in college after my grandma passed away and I was experiencing depression. I had gone through, my parents were losing their house. I was away. I was eight hours away from any family. I, um, you know, I had all of these things that felt like they were compounding and my relationship with my boyfriend was very toxic at the time. And I just remember all of these times of like sitting in my car and like planning it and, and not like, not fully being like conscious or aware of what was really happening. Just like thinking like, I just want to die. I just want to die. And I think what I think what I'm trying to get at here is I've I've heard this idea that when 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 you're suicidal, it's because you don't really want to die. You want your circ your that present moment to die or how you're feeling to die. Like you want that that part of you to die. Um, I don't know if you can speak on that or if you, what your thoughts are on that. I know this is like totally off topic, but it just, it came to me and I thought it was really important to speak to. Yeah. First, I want to acknowledge you for being able to share that and for wanting to speak on this because this is something that is still an epidemic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's still, you know, one of the times, the the last few times that I felt this way, um, I tried to reach out to the suicide hotline and there's an option to talk with somebody or to text with somebody. And so I had opted to text with somebody and I had 25 people ahead of me. I'm, 25 people. Yeah. My, I remember you telling the story, but my body is getting chills just even thinking about that because you've experienced how scary it is to be in that place and yeah. to it's like you're drowning and you're like looking for the lifesaver as the last attempt to get out of the water mm-hmm. or choose to stop struggling and let go and for anyone who's had to go through the effects of losing someone to suicide or being somebody who's attempted and it, you know, was unsuccessful. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very real and scary thing. And I think it's a little bit deeper than anxiety and depression because oh, we yeah. have a state that is all encompassing and just something that you want to end at that moment. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm 
sorry that you had to experience that. That being said, we, I think there are a lot of different viewpoints on what someone's experiencing in the moment. And I think that was a very good explanation. I've not heard that myself, um, but it makes sense in, when you look at your life as a whole, there are good things in life, right? There are good moments, there's shared moments, and sometimes there are a lot of bad moments. And I think depending on where you, how you live your life through the conscious and the unconscious and the pain body, some people live 95 to 99% of the time through their pain body, meaning that they're living their life through the past or the, or the future. And so they're always suffering. Um, somebody who's sitting with the desire to end it is absolutely sitting in that pain body. Mm -hmm. And so to say when somebody actually does want to commit suicide or not, I think is still a very gray area in a discussion because you have people dealing with terminal illnesses, mm. um, some people who have lost very close people to them. And so they are, it's a little tough more on them, a little harder more on them to feel and choose to be okay in a present moment, right? So it's very interesting. And I think the people who work in you know, the suicide prevention system and, and our groups that run programs for people who are suicidal, I have so much respect for, mm -hmm. um, because you, it's really hard to scale someone on where they're at. And so, yeah, it's a very, it's very interesting. And I think it's a, it's a topic and a subject that we could go on and on about, mm -hmm. but is very delicate to say what works, what doesn't work, why or why not, you know, because in, in one of the times that I wanted to commit suicide, I was very much ready to, to go. So to say that I didn't really want my life to end, but I wanted the moment to end would be untrue for me in that moment. Mm. In one of those moments, true in other times that I felt, like I wanted to commit suicide. Absolutely. But in, I think my first experience of it would be untrue. My first experience of that desire came from having almost been killed and feeling what it felt like to die and let go. And this, the somewhat peace that came to me that could be true that I wanted to end in that time of my life. So we could pull it into that aspect of it, but definitely not in that. I wanted the end result to be the end for me. Um, luckily at that time was kind of like when I had my first interaction with spirit mm -hmm. and I got my first clairvoyant experience and I heard a message and heard there's a reason for all this please trust you can't help your sisters and or any of the other people that you're meant to help 
by doing this. There's a reason. And so that was like my awakening, my spiritual awakening, um, which usually comes from a traumatic experience. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very interesting topic. And I actually, if you want it to go even deeper, I have a couple of people who this is their expertise and they're, they oh. study it and they actually are an advocate for it. Um, I, I can connect you, but yeah, I think in my, to, I don't think you really asked me a question, but more so like what my opinion was about that take on it. I would say true. And some of the times that I was suicidal, not in all. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. I, before I answer that question, I, I just want to say that I think it's important here that I have to admit, like, I was thinking about my experience, and I wasn't thinking about everybody's experiences, and how, um, obviously, like, everybody's experiences are different, and so that's also an important thing to note, because my experience is definitely different than your experience. I wouldn't say that my spiritual awakening happened then. Like, my spiritual awakening happened two to three to maybe four years later, and so... Mm -hmm. I could say that that was like a catalyst to my awakening, but not really um, the the moment. Yeah, I would say for me, it was definitely true that I wanted those moments to end. It wasn't that I really, like in the moment, it felt like I really wanted my life to end. But mm-hmm. reflecting back on it, it was more about wanting that moment to end of not having my grandma there, not having um, a boyfriend that was like supportive. Um, I wouldn't even say he wasn't supportive. I would just say that it was just a toxic relationship and we would spend so much like that we could go into a whole nother conversation on that alone. Just like, um, you know, we would, we would spend so much time arguing with each other instead of actually sitting and listening to each other. And so that would just like, um, exacerbate, I guess would be the word, the the anxiety and the depression that I was feeling from just recently losing my grandma and, Mm -hmm. and my grandpa. And um, so there was, there was a lot of factors that went into it, but I would say most of what I was experiencing was wanting to, um, end that moment, how I was feeling in that moment. Yeah. The grief and Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely after experiencing that that's something I would say um a result of having experienced something traumatic right so post-traumatic stress syndrome Mm. or disorder and um losing a loved one can be that that's why I say you can't measure trauma because your how your um nervous system and the way that you took the loss of your grandparent can be different from my experience of losing my grandparent. You know, my, I was very much not okay with my grandpa's passing in the sense of like, I would love to have him here, but he was older. He was the only one in our family that we lost. You know, we were lucky that we didn't lose a cousin or a child or our aunt or our, our parents, but like our grandparent died, our grandfather died. The first, the oldest person in our family passed away. So I had come to, understand and accept that that's you know different experiences like if I if I if we were walking and I fell on the ground depending on my personality my background 
and the way that I experience trauma and what I hold and how I react to it could be way different if you fall on the ground. Mm -hmm. I could probably lay there and cry and have it trigger something that is in my subconscious and I, and I would, it would affect me a lot more if you fell and you'd be like, Oh, you know, we <laughs> maybe have a laugh. You would laugh and be like, I tripped. It's always just someone else's personal experience. And so I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Your experience of feeling like you wanted to end your life in that moment to end a moment of grief an experience that you were having to whereas mine was, no, I really, really wanted it to be end all be all, you know? Um, yeah, really, really, really good stuff. I'm really happy you brought this up and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I really appreciate that you have shared so openly and deeply. I know this isn't really what we had planned on discussing, but I just feel but it's an important topic to talk about because it's so taboo in our society. It's something that we don't often talk about. There's this big stigma around it. And I'm very big on like ending the stigma of things like depression, anxiety, and, um, and even suicide and just all of these different things that people experience and they don't know how to, to transform it. Like they don't have the tools. And, you know, I'm, I'm very big on the philosophy that everybody's doing the best they can in the moment. Mm -hmm. So the moments that we experience our lows or the moments that we experience our highs or, you know, even we look back at our parents, like everybody's just doing the best that they can. And when we start to understand that, then that, that it's in, in itself is like a whole nother type of transformation that you get to experience because there's no longer this um i guess you could call it like this victim mentality around around it no longer this this idea of of somebody doing something to you it's mm -hmm. this idea of they were doing the best that they could and now i can i can choose something different absolutely and that ties into a lot of my clients have backgrounds, childhoods, you know, and they have, um, that were traumatizing and the people that were the ones who are the first people who hurt them and, um, and, or, you know, feeling like they had parents that weren't there for them, that didn't comfort them, that were actually the ones who caused most of their stress. And so it's, it's really good that you said that right now that there's a stigma around it. It's still taboo. Imagine and we are comfortable enough to actually talk about it. Imagine our parents and the generation before them. It was not okay, definitely not okay to talk about. And you were separated from people. You were considered crazy. You were, you had to be, you know, admitted. And they didn't have the help. So yeah. like, you, like you said, they did the best they could with what they had. And unfortunately, we are the generation I truly believe that are is here to transmute this pain and to be able to normalize these conversations so that people get the help that they need and so that we can return back to creating joy and bliss and heaven on earth yeah. in the present moment yeah and that's so much of the work that i do with my clients and and helping them like look at those traumas look at those events look at these people forgive mm -hmm. and and transform and like come home to your body like that is just a huge a huge experience of that has really helped me transform my anxiety and depression it's really helped me like 
I still have experiences of anxiety all the time, especially when I'm going through this like big up level, especially as I'm going through this big change in my life and just returning back to my body. Like you're saying, returning to the present moment. Like I, it's amazing how to me, I, it's hard to explain because I can see how everything is so connected, but it's so hard to talk about how it's all connected, you know? Yeah. Cause it's an experience. Yeah definitely something that's felt and that's to be said like you can't understand logically what it is to be present because it's not something that you do with the mind it's something that you do with your being it's mm -hmm. a way of being and so yeah it's definitely understandable that you couldn't find words for that <laughs> really coming home to yourself because when you experience coming home to yourself like it's just, it, it, it changes everything. It changes everything. And I'm so happy that the world has someone like you that's doing this work because it's the best gift anyone can really gain. It's the one thing that once you have can't be taken from you again. And you are just a, a light beam, a lighthouse for people to really return home to themselves and like you said, the anxiety and depression, they, they don't get to live in that moment. They don't like get to live there. Thank you. They're visitors, but they don't get to live there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. They're visitors. Yeah. I, I fully feel that and I fully believe <laughs> that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for our friendship and, you know, being together and, in person and the gift that you guys gave me in person of allowing me um, or gifting me rather the opportunity to stay with you. And um, yeah. It was such a blessing to have you and to be able to experience you and to get to be in your energy and in your light. Cause like, it's just blissful and home. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> home, yeah. Thank you. That means, that means the world to me. And I could definitely say the same to you. You see people, you mm -hmm. see people and, and, and in this space of like, no judgment of just like, this is just who you are. And I accept that. I accept all of you. And to have somebody see you in that way, to, to just be in the presence of somebody who sees people in that way is, is a truly a gift. And I hope all of the listeners get to experience that in their lifetime. I hope they get to experience it multiple times in their lifetime, but even just one time of fully being able to be seen in person, in the raw, breaking down, crying about all of these things. And yeah, just... If they're going to be working with you, Chelsea, you know they are. <laughs> they will. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. So, yes, thank you for being here. I just have one question for you. Um, tell our listeners, tell the listeners how they can find you if they want to, like, know more about you or. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, so my Instagram is my main source of connection right now. Um, and that's at a rosy life, A R O S as in Sam, E as in Edward, Y as in why not <laughs> life. <laughs> um, 
and um, it's Ashley Rose on Facebook. And then um, I'm working on my website, but I'll get that out soon. Perfect. It'll be it'll be on my Instagram. Yeah. Cool. And I'll link those in the, the show notes so you guys can go and look at her. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. This was so fun. I, know. <laughs> I feel like we got into a flow. We could have started talking for like hours about everything, but you know, life. So that's a good thing we're friends. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. And anyone who's listening, subscribe because I'm just so excited for the next couple of conversations you're going to bring and to be able to get more of you in this way. <laughs> Thank you. This has definitely been a work of a work in progress for the past year and just wanting to do it, but never feeling ready. And I finally am just like, I'm ready. Let's do this. So oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. Yay. <laughs> All right, girlfriend, I will um, talk to you soon. Okay. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another beautiful episode of Unearthing You. If you are loving the show and find value in it, I would be incredibly grateful if you head on over to iTunes to leave a review. Please feel free to leave any suggestions or questions in your review or send an email to hello at chelseasyllabon.com with any questions or guest suggestions. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.